What's up, everyone? Welcome back to day three of the Jamie Star podcast, Mean Girls Thanksgiving. So it would make the most sense that on this Wednesday, my guest would be the one who said the line on Wednesdays, we wear pink in the Broadway musical of Mean Girls. So without further ado, say hello to the OG Karen Smith, Miss Kate Rockwell. So first off, let's talk sex in the city. Hey. So what was it like being in a film like Sex and the City? Because from what I hear, I was born in 01, but I heard that the <laughs> I hear the move, the show was very popular back in like the 90s and stuff. You know, if you've never watched it, you really should. Um, it's you don't have to. I mean, there's like literally a thousand episodes. I think you do not have to watch them all, but like it's a really cool um, kind of turning point for a type of television series. Like now, there's so much of that talking about women modern women navigating culture and life in lots of cities but particularly here um and she's so wonderful in it like Sarah Jessica Parker is so she you'll see like she created a style of character yeah it's so cool so you you definitely need to go like just watch like a couple first season last season whatever like get a taste of it yeah because it is a, it's like a type of tv show now it's so it was so special I have um, to see I will say I I was only until I was only in one little scene of the movie um we basically filmed for a day um, on location outside of Tiffany. It was my first time doing anything oh like TV film on camera. Um, myself and these three other women that played the younger versions of the four women that you know from, from the series. And mm-hmm. um, we had so much fun. And we I only interacted with Sarah Jessica. She was with us the entire day. She was so kind to us. Really went out of the way to like we were a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. It was a long day. I had glitter embedded into my feet at the end of the day from the shoes that I was wearing that took like two to three days to get out. But otherwise, it was really fun. <laughs> Very glamorous, I will say. But much more glamorous than Broadway. <laughs> so Kim Cattrall. I don't. I always forget how to say her last name. Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. So I know her from being in Ice Princess. <laughs> sure. So what was it like playing the young Kim Cattrall? It's tricky because we didn't interact. I didn't interact with her at all. She wasn't present the day that we filmed. Oh, wow. Um, so we, again, like we only interacted with Sarah Jessica Parker. She was the only one that was in the scene with us. Um, so I, I, you know, I think I was just brought there to be, we were really designed just to look like them. We didn't have to like mimic anything. You yeah. Know, I, you really should watch it. Honestly, it's really, really fast. It's tiny. I will. So it's not like, it wasn't like a big to do. Yeah. So, so after Sex in the City, the Grease show that you just did that uh, Seth Rudesky and James Wesley uh, were talking about with you the other day, was doing the Grease show more competitive than a typical Broadway audition? Doing the Grease show was absolutely nothing like doing a Broadway audition <laughs> uh, in any way, shape, or form, um, other than the fact that we did do some auditioning and they did create a Broadway show out of it. That There's literally the only parallels that I can draw between what we did on the reality show and... Uh, how I know a Broadway show is cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it was no more or less competitive because it had nothing to do with us. It had everything to do with the TV show and them creating that. And, um, you know, we as actors that participated in it really just, uh, we just wanted, I mean, yes, yeah. we wanted to get the role, but like also that, I, the, they kept asking us over and over when we were doing the live taping, like, what, well, what will you do if you don't get it? And my answer was always audition for something else. I love that. <laughs> a professional actor yeah everyone else we all were like 
probably do something else. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. we'll live. Yeah. It was that they wanted us to think that, like, this was the only chance we would ever have uh, at the Broadway. And all of us were like, I literally did 15 auditions last week. Like, what do you want from me? This is not that big a deal. Yeah. So they tried to make it much crazier than it really than it is. <laughs> <laughs> when you did Legally Blonde, how often did you go on as Elle or Margot? I, well, I played Margot. Oh, yeah. So that's the role that I played. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I went on for Elle, I did six shows in a row out of eight. So I did a, a week's work, basically. She mm-hmm. did the very first day of the week on Wednesday, and then I did Thursday through Sunday. So I did all the rest of the shows in a row. But that was it. Those were the only uh, the only time I went on for her. What was, the, what was the best part about being in the cast of Rock of Ages? I think what I loved the most about being in that company was that because the show had been around a long time but still had a lot of its original company members and because it was a small cast you know there were only 11 of us total Mm -hmm. I think um it was very very close like we were we that company even when I came into it they were already like a pretty tight-knit bunch um and they accepted me with open arms right off the bat Mm -hmm. it was so like it just was so fun they were such everybody was such a jokester we played pranks on each other all the time we had games backstage um, we, our dressing rooms at the time at the Helen Hayes, it's been renovated now, but back then, um, the ceiling, the walls didn't go all the way to the ceiling between the dressing rooms. So like if I took like a piece of candy and threw it hard enough, like it would go up and over and land in the next dressing room over. Oh my God. If I threw it really hard and like got lucky, I could get two dressing rooms over. Oh my God. The pipes that were exposed. It was very, we were, I was like, and I mean this lovingly, not in like a bad way at all, but like. We were like sort of like the scrappy stepchild of Broadway, and th- that fit me very well. It, it was something I really thrived in and loved. So, I'm- did you were you or did you know a lot about rock and roll at, before being casted in Rock of Ages? Did you like were you like a fan of rock music or anything like that? I didn't know a lot. I knew some of it, um, some of the music from that period. My parents were not big into like eighties rock. They were pretty waspy and that just like wasn't their wasn't their jam. Mm-hmm. Um we were more of a Billy Joel family in my in my, than than a, a Hart or a Led Zeppelin family. Yeah. Uh, so I, it was a lot of it was new to me. A lot of the songs were so famous and so I knew them, you know, like I I knew some of the journey music. I knew um hard my heart, those kind of things, but I only really liked the chorus of them. I wouldn't I didn't know the verses. I didn't know some of the smaller, like the lesser known songs that were in there. So it was fun for me. And now I'm a huge fan. Um, I I have developed such a respect for it. So, and it's hard to sing, man. Oh, I bet. We are. Some of them are still touring, which is insane. Um, But they were incredible musicians and they really put their heart and soul into it. And I have such respect for their artistry as well. It's not like pop music now that was made in a, by a computer. Yeah. Like they, every single thing they do, all the vocals, and none of it's edited, none of it's filtered. There is no auto-tune. Mm-hmm. They were really singing that. Every every concert, every live yeah. performance, every bar. Like, they were really doing it. They were kind of like the broad, they were so Broadway in that way. Yeah. And there was so much drama in 80s rock. <laughs> There's all this pageantry. There's all this, like intensity you know high emotional level so it really does lend itself quite well to theatricalizing um and rock of ages had that perfect balance of like taking all of that and also like kind of wink and nodding at itself for doing exactly that yeah the music that's already theatrical i've seen the movie the, the rock of ages movie i didn't see the musical because it was before my time not the same 
totally not the same. Yeah, I just... highly recommend you find an opportunity when live theater commences to see. There's an off-Broadway production right now. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen with uh, the L.A. production. Obviously, they've, they've been hit very hard. So I don't know what, what that's going to be. But um, if you can come to see the off-Broadway one, come see the real version of Rack of Ages. My don't, parents have seen it. That movie is not the same. My parents, have, my parents saw it. When my when my parents went for my mom's fortieth birthday, they saw it. Uh-huh. I don't know if they. Yeah. Were, I don't know what my mom remembers or like my dad yeah. remembers from it. Do you know when that was? Twenty ten. So they would have seen. Okay, so they might have seen Savannah. She was the first. The first replacement. She was wonderful in it. Um, I just was like, when would that be? Who would be playing the role? Because we all know each other. It's a yeah. very small family. Yeah, they saw it in twenty. Yeah, because my mom. Yeah, because my mom just turned fifty. So yeah, twenty ten. Oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, what went on in your head when you learned that Bring It On was going to be a musical? Gosh, what, how, where was I when I learned that? Um, I'm trying to remember. I don't really remember if I found out when I got the audition. Or I must have known beforehand, but we didn't know what it was going to be because they were saying it wasn't going to be the film. Um, yeah. It was just going to be a part of the sort of franchise of it because, you know, there's like nine movies. Yeah. There's so many. There's only three of them that anyone's ever seen. But yeah, like... I just watched the first one for my first time like last week. So we didn't really do. We didn't do like the first movie up on stage. We had a, an original storyline that borrowed kind of pieces from the first, the second, the third, yeah. and then created some other pieces that were unique just to the musical. So we were sort of a part of the umbrella organization of Bring It On, but we were not the film uh, musicalized. Um, we were, however, doing very real competitive cheerleading on stage uh, eight times a week, which has never been done before or since. Oh my God. Um, And it was the undertaking of a lifetime. It was incredibly challenging. I grew up in a, in a world that didn't have aerial cheerleading. Um, In Ohio, we just have like pep rally cheerleading. Yeah. Same thing with Michigan. Yeah. We we don't have the athletic cheerleading, the, the sort of competitive world. Um, and I had never seen anything like that. And I, I didn't know when we started working on it. I actually was with them from the very first reading of the show, almost all the way to the end, um, with one piece in the middle that I, that I missed. But, um, I, I just didn't understand what we were going to do until I, we did our out of town production, which was in Atlanta. Yeah. And that was the first time I saw it in, in real life. And I was like, what what are we doing like how is this possible I just had no idea it was yeah unbelievable what was it like being in a show with like big like bigger like big names sort of in the Broadway world now like Taylor and Adrian and uh Ryan meaning what like did you like have fun with that was it like did you guys become close like were you like close friends like during your time but bring it on with like Taylor Louderman and Adrian Warren and Ryan Redman Oh, I mean, we we were building a show together. It's an incredibly bonding experience. Um, that's true at every, I mean, any original company ever that you, you will ever talk to. I mean, it is more like family than it is like coworkers because mm-hmm. it's such an intense experience. It's so much time, so many hours and hours and hours and, and, and tears and sweat. And sometimes, in, I mean, and bring it on blood, lots of blood. Yeah. Uh, we threw a lot of people in the air. Oh, my God, um, yeah. And doing, and again, like adding this extra element of of literally holding people in the air, mm-hmm. literally supporting their lives. I mean, you just, you become intimately bonded with people in a way that I think most jobs don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I mean, yes, we had, a, we had a blast, but we were wor- we were working incredibly hard, creating something that was incredibly challenging. Oh, I'm sure. Um, 
and and you know I mean obviously Taylor and I and Ryan well Ryan and I worked on other things too not that anybody has seen yet hopefully I got I hope that you will but um but yeah we we it wasn't I mean it was a very intense bonding experience I've worked on other things with Adrian too yeah we sort of all got to come up together so did you know Taylor was also auditioning for Mean Girls when you were auditioning for Mean Girls I did I did we were in the auditions together actually oh that's so cool so you already knew, like, oh, she's going in for Regina, you're going in for Karen. We were both going in for both roles. Actually. Oh! For both roles. That's so cool. I didn't know that. And the same thing with the whole Frozen story that I heard. Yeah, well, so we were, that was different. So we were both, we were going in for Anna and Elsa together. So we would have, we were paired together as as one of the options of, as sisters. Yeah. Um, and we did see each other all, through those calls all the way up until the final callback. And then we were also doing sort of a it back and forth with Mean Girls about who is going to be better fitted for what role. Uh, sometimes at this literal at the same time, like sometimes we were sort of in the room, to, like in the waiting room together. And then other times we would sort of chat afterwards and sort of see how we were doing. Yeah. Um, it was, a, it, and they were at the same time. They were. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, oh my God. Very nuts. Half. <laughs> That's very nuts. So let's talk about Karen. <laughs> Uh, what strategies uh, did you use to nail that Karen Smith humor that's so specific and so funny? Well, I think part of the reason that it's so specific is that it is just my voice. Um, I, I think if another actress had taken on the role and, and had developed her, I think it would have been a very different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that is the most wonderful about originating is that it, you are sort of hired to bring what makes you unique to the character. Um, Obviously with Mean Girls and and Karen in particular, we sort of had a lot of information based off of the film. Yeah. Sort of build on top of, but I was never asked to replicate performance or even in dialogue. I have very few lines that are in the film and that's great because that means that I don't have to sort of compare myself to Amanda Seyfried's performance or mimic anything, or there's, you know, there's just nothing about it that felt like it was replicated. Um, so I just took all of the information that I had from the film performance and Amanda's performance, her version of the character, and sort of just built it on myself. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the best, you know, gifts of being able to take the reins on a role from day one. And we were given carte blanche from Tina and and everybody, you know, Casey, all of them, to sort yeah. of be super unique versions of these characters and not be... Uh, a carbon copy of, of not, something that already existed. Yeah, not be like Lindsay oh. or Amanda exactly. or Rachel or anyone exactly. like that. So we we really were. I, I think she just she was that way because she was mine, and that's that's me. That's my voice. That was the version of her that I understood, and um, that does make it very unique because I am I am the only one of me, and so mm-hmm. um, you know as you guys will see eventually when Laura Lee gets to take over the role, the, the woman who was hired to take over after I left, and um, maybe you'll get to see too if you get to go see the tour when it comes through. You'll see with Jonalyn. Yeah, I've, I've met Jonalyn. I've interviewed Jonalyn before. Yeah, she she has a very different take of it than I do. So which is so cool. One of the fun things about that role is that it really does lend itself to the voice of the actress comedian that's that's living in her skin yeah you'll see it's fun it's very different on her than it is on me i i remember seeing you do it for the first time i was watching the tonys 
And the second you get up and say, my name is Karen, my hair, I started cracking up. I thought it was hilarious. Thank you. It, it, the Tonys is the scariest performance I have, we ever did. <laughs> D, D. Rossioli. Opening night. D. Rossioli said the same thing. Yep. D. Rossioli was telling about yep. how scared she was to do it in, with uh, the cast of Cher. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a very intense experience to perform at the Tonys, for sure. In rehearsals, was it hard not to laugh at some of the funny Karen lines that Tina Fey created? I made it very much my job to not crack at my own jokes. Um, Yeah. Part of that is because I would never, once you crack once, you never undo, you can't go backwards. It's like you can only ever like giggle a little bit. Yeah. Um, So it was like, do not ever laugh because if you start now, you'll never stop. Yeah. Um, but also because it was important for me early on to just make sure to not acknowledge that they are jokes, right? Yeah. Because one of the worst things you can do as a comedian is laugh at your own jokes. And so the goal was always to be incredibly truthful with the lines and have them really mean something and not be sort of going for the laugh. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes it funny is that it's not designed to be joke. It's just truth. She's just what she means it. Mm-hmm. So I like um, that. I like that outlook. Yeah, it was, that's kind of how I approach comedy in general, which is that, like, if you ever ask for the laugh, you will not get it. The audience does not like to be told to laugh. Yeah. Um, They like to be surprised and they like to believe you. And so for me, always with most of my, most of my comedy work, I should say, um, it's always just about, like, try, 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 try to be honest and just let it be authentic as best you can. I love that. It's like, you don't want to put in the laugh track. You want the audience to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you can't plan for it. It, it. Otherwise, it's not genuine. You're pandering, and nobody likes a pandering comedian. Yeah. Uh, how much fun was it performing sexy eight times a week? Because that looked like so much fun. I will say it depended on the week. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, the number is very challenging. It was definitely, for me, the, the, the hardest part of the show for me, obviously. And um, mm-hmm. it, it was so joyful. Um And I was so grateful for the incredible ensemble women that were behind me because they did so much of the work and I got to sort of ride on their energy, which is a a gift I'm not unaware of, but um, it was fun. It's a great number. It's, it's absolutely hysterical, but it's a can, it's a cannon. And once that fuse gets lit, you cannot stop. You cannot breathe. You cannot drop a line. You can barely take a breath in the song. And um, you know, if you, if you think too hard, you're going to, you're going to miss the choreography too. So yeah. it's a lot of pieces. It's dance, it's, it's hard singing, it's, it's comedy, you know, which is, which is specific and timed. And oh yeah, um, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, there's the, the costume element of sort of being out on stage in your underwear, which is a whole <laughs> other, other piece of, of mental gymnastics you get to do when you're doing it eight times a week. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite Karen line? I have two. Okay. Um, I I really love that's it because I think that's actually Karen's whole like if you were to like like write the title of Karen's memoir, I think it's that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the other one is actually in song, which is I love. You know, I I expect to run the world in shoes I cannot walk in. I um, love that. Yeah, which is another one that that I'm like that that's it. Those are that's who she is in a nutshell. Is, yeah. Is like, not not thinking things all the way through and also not caring. <laughs> I could totally picture That's It by Karen Smith. 
Truly, Karen Smith, that's it. The Karen Smith story. Like that, that, it's just exactly what her mantra is. Oh, it's perfect. That's, you could not have said that any better. What's your favorite Karen costume? I would say the most, the one that I called, I, me, myself, called the most iconic Karen outfit is her um, house party outfit in For Whose House Is This, which is a two-piece pleather lavender um, skirt and crop top with a vest over top of it that is, we called it the Neapolitan ice cream vest because it's three colors. Yeah. But it's all lame, so it's all shimmery. It's it's mortifying, really, but, like, also perfect. It's so it's so much. It's yeah, it's Karen. It's so much and yet so little because there's not a lot of clothing to it. Yeah. Plus Karen the thing yeah, that's like with Karen too. It's like all she re- all the character really has to do is walk out on stage and it's like yep, that's Karen. Exactly. exactly. Honestly, that's like when I first like saw the character, I'm like, "Yep. You just walk on stage." Yeah. Uh what this is actually a goofy question. What do you think Karen Smith would be doing to survive quarantine? doing <laughs> I feel like you know what I feel like Karen would be really good at if she had a lot of time and <laughs> had to like be by herself it's like closet organizing you know there's that new show on Netflix where it's all about closet organizing oh I didn't see that. no not yet yep you'll find it um I can't I can literally can't think of the name of it right now but it's these two women and they do like lots of beautiful it's it's my, my like life makes me so happy but um, I like imagining her like color coordinating her underwear drawer, <laughs> you know, like, like, and like, ro- like Marie Kondoing, like rolling it all perfectly. Oh like, yeah. Like, I think, I think if Karen had time and was by herself, I think that's what she would do. I feel like she would have like the perfectly, or like all of her lipsticks would be like in rainbow colors, like by like from like light to dark. That's, that's amazing. I think that's what she would do with her time. That's amazing. <laughs> that and like a zen garden you know those zen gardens those tiny little like japanese gardens with tiny little rakes yeah i think she'd have one of those too she'd play with it too yeah like to meditate yeah <laughs> uh what's the what was the last broadway show you saw before shutdown i saw the second ever preview of mrs doubtfire how was it i loved it rob mcclure is is an in wonderful human being i absolutely adore him and he is exquisite in it i can't wait for everyone to get to see him he's so good i wanna i want that i want to see he he i hope he makes robin williams proud oh he does oh i can't i can't ruin it so i can't say anything but he definitely does yeah i saw that and i saw the uh the gender bend company the night before oh i saw both yeah that's it was, cool. It was my first week out of Mean Girls, and so we were going to see theater every night. That's we that's a that's a really good uh, one to go to. Yeah, yeah, because I because I hope like I think James uh, Monroe Englehart definitely made Robin Williams proud. Sure. And Robin McClure, that's like the second big Robin Williams thing to ever be put on the Broadway stage. Yes. Besides yes. the genie, which we don't. The genie's just the king of life. Yeah, and that's a tricky one because he isn't animated, so he's actually, like, stuck to the ground and has to be, you know, you got to work with it in a way that Robin Williams didn't have to do because he was able to be animated. Yeah. Tricky one. Yeah. Thank you so much to Kate Rockwell for spending time with me in today's episode of Mean Girls Thanksgiving. Tomorrow on Thanksgiving, I will see you with Olivia Kaufman, the brand new Janice of Mean Girls on Broadway.